Hello, and welcome to House of Beckner, Stranger Things podcast. Yes. My name is Francis, and I am here with my incredible, spooky co-host, Alyssa. Well, she's not spooky. <laughs> she's actually a very, very long-term friend. Alyssa and I, you may know us from House of Palastri. Uh, we have been on a little break, but we're back. So, Alyssa, hello, and how are you doing on this fine Saturday? It's Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, I've been moving house. Oh, yeah, you have, yeah. (laughs) I have lost track of time. Okay. It is Saturday. (laughs) It is Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever, we're keeping this in. I love that. Okay. This is, okay. Go ahead. to our three listeners, which was an ongoing yes. joke from our last podcast. We did end up with more than three listeners, by the way. Um, we have a bit of a chaotic podcast, and you'll see that from literally the last, like, one minute of us recording. Um, we kind of start structured, and then it delves into the craziness. It delves into something else, into chaos, and we love that. Um, yeah, so thank you, Francis. That was an excellent intro, and um, I'm very excited to be here again. It has been, I think, about a month or more. No, it's been like two months since we it's, last recorded It's been anything. a long time, yes. Yes, yes. and um, I have missed it, and it's been very nice to sit here with your face in the Zoom screen in front of me again. <laughs> um, and yes, as you mentioned, you have been moving house, and that has been very stressful. Mm-hmm situation as it is for everyone everyone hates moving house and it's the worst yes yes and meanwhile you have a leak in your roof that resembles a portal or a gateway to the upside down i know and literally i never thought about it i sent you a picture of it because it's like this it's really like creepy looking it's like this it's probably mold or something it's like this leak in the roof and it's like black and it's Mm -hmm. gross and yeah there's water leaking and um, yes, you remarked that it looked like the portal that uh, poor, poor Chrissy <laughs> created when she was taken by Vecna at the end of episode one, season four. Um, but yes, anyway, um, get off topic very easily, as you can tell. But um, yeah, so we love Stranger Things, the show, of course, like every yes. other person on the yes. face of the earth does. I assume, why wouldn't you like this show? And so we decided to come together and do a podcast because we have so much fun Mm -hmm. chatting and we are writers and we really enjoy story and we really enjoy characters and Stranger Things has a lot of those things, good story and good characters. Yes, Yes. unlike the last series that we covered, which (laughs) didn't have a plot, but this one does, so we are very happy to be here. (laughs) Amazingly, it does have a plot. <laughs> yeah, so we are, if you if you did jump over from House Palastri, thank you, welcome back. And if you are a new listener, thank you for joining us today. And yes. we are really, really excited to, to jump in. So in this, uh, I'll just break down the structure of how we're going. Um, this episode, we're going to talk about episodes one to three of Stranger Things. Then we're going to do episode four as a separate podcast and those two will be dropping this week and then next week we will be covering episodes five to six and then episode seven uh and all of this will be uploaded before volume two drops so um it's gonna be uh, a big two weeks uh for us we kind of had to put it on the you know back burner for a little while because we were you know had things going on and moving house and yada yada but we're here now and we're ready to go 
Uh, so, Alyssa. Yes. Would you like to kick us off with, uh, with how about we just give some general thoughts yes, before we start? Yes, that sounds good. Yeah. About episodes one to three. How, yes. how has the overall beginning of this series, we have seen the whole series. We're going to keep spoilers for the future light. We're going to try not to spoil anything. I'm assuming most people have watched the whole series by now, but if you haven't, um, we're not going to be going into any big twists or events. Uh, we're going to try to just keep it to episode one to three. So, um, yes. Yeah, okay. Exactly. So Alyssa. Yes. Um, well, I guess like, yeah. So you and I, when we were both, um, we were both chatting about this, we were saying that, um, we both wanted to, cause we both watched one to seven, pretty much binged it or over a couple mm-hmm. of days or whatever. And then when we talked about doing the pod, we were like, we really wanted to break it down into like thematic episodes. And obviously we, we had nutted them all out what we were going to do. And I think most fans will agree with us that there's like a definite, you know, there's something special about four and seven. So we wanted to keep those two separate, Mm -hmm. but yeah, one to three and five and six, we were like, we'll just put them all together. But, um, I noticed, I'm not sure if you did as well, when I watched the entire first volume, it all blended into one for me. So I had to rewatch yes. one to three. And I did that last night. And I I think it's like, not to name the other pod. I mean, like, obviously our Killing Eve fans or people who have listened to us with, with Killing Eve um, know that we... Um, did have some slight struggles with how that season went in a gen- in, in general. Uh, yes. See, um, our last few episodes as reference. <laughs> if you want to laugh and cry, listen to yes. us. Um, but that's something that I was delightfully happy to discover. That was not the case in Stranger Things episodes one to three. Really strong opening. Really interesting opening. Obviously, we open to like something totally different, like Elle and Will and Joyce and Jonathan are now in California, mm-hmm. and Elle is not having a good time. Um, no. And yes, yeah, so we we do start to see. Obviously, there's been a, a year. The characters have grown up a little bit. They're now like full on teenagers. Um, and yeah, I really enjoyed the first three episodes. It's definitely like, obviously, it's a step up of horror. Yes. And I loved that. As someone who's not, I don't really love horror in general. I mean, you have obviously forced me to watch some shows, which are very scary. No, you never forced me. Mike Flanagan shows on Netflix, they're excellent. But I'm not a horror fan. But this was like a good type of horror because it's, you know, it's creepy and it's scary and it's like got those jump scare moments, but Mm -hmm. it's set in the show that I feel very safe in and I love the characters very much. So yes, I really enjoyed it. How about you? Yeah, I think very similar to you, like after the disappointment of of Killing Eve season four. Maybe we should call it Killing Shmeeb. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> like game with train of phones we, oh, we should call it yeah, so we we'll call it um uh 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 filling no billing <laughs> filling steve no no <laughs> billing billing um billing me. i don't know no, anyway no, whatever so yeah no i really i look i when it comes to stranger things to me it's always quality i i find that with this show generally I just like, you can nitpick, but 
but all of my criticisms are pretty much nitpicks because everything I find entertaining, like to some yeah. degree, yeah. you know, um, I've, I've said from season three and so did you as well, like a little bit sketchy on the Russia plot, you know, here and there. But for the most part, I still laugh. I still have some emotional moments in that. So for me, a lot of the time, I'm not someone who, I'm not someone who watches TV to draw out the things that I don't like about it. I I mean, I don't think a lot of people are, but I'm not there fully with a critical eye being like, ooh, you know, what, what could be better? I really appreciate that they, that they have constructed what they have and that it is a, very uh, seamless type of narrative that has carried through and has emotional resonance. And yeah, so I'm happy with this beginning. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the whole season, to be honest, but I'm yeah. happy with this beginning for sure. And um, yeah, and it would have been really hard for them to introduce like, you know, a lot of new characters and they did it and they made me care about the ones that they introduced. Um which again is a really difficult task. So yeah, very, very proud of them. Very proud of them for delivering um, a strong season when you are this far into the story and for doing it with just as much care and just as much uh, uh, like growing up with the characters and letting it evolve to where it is. So yeah. Yes, definitely. I agree. And I have to admit like when I think you texted me and you were like, oh my gosh, all the episodes are like over an hour long and some of Mm -hmm. them are like an hour and a half long. And I was like, initially I was a bit trepidatious. I mean, I really like that the episodes are so long because it just feels like everything has room to breathe. And it feels like there's nothing cut out for the sake of time, which is, was one of my Mm -hmm. biggest problems with the last podcast that we did yeah oh um, my god yeah yeah like there's just so many nice character moments and nice friendship moments and you know you really see like you know like Steve and Dustin's relationship like a lot of that stuff probably wasn't hugely important to the overall story but mm. in terms of their character development it is yeah um and so yeah so when I first heard that the episodes were really long I was a bit like oh like there's a lot of chance for a lot of that to just be like crappy filler that doesn't go Mm. anywhere but it's like in some ways it is a little bit filler but it's like it's necessary and it yeah and it's nice and it's part of the story and it all works together um yeah and I think we've we've grown up in a like Here's the interesting thing, because I have heard some critics kind of give it a bit of a rough time for being like, oh, you know, uh, using this much time just because they can and it's unnecessary and whatever. And I got to be real with you. Like, I really, I'm not a big fan of the term filler, right? Because, and, and the way that people use it. Filler does exist, right? But remember when Buffy had like 22 episodes a season? <laughs> like, you know what point, I mean? Yeah. And it's like, we've gotten to a point now where everything is so short, sharp, shiny, mm. like just 43 minutes out. on the dot. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, and I, I enjoy more time. Like, I'm like, let me sit here with, with Dustin and Steve. Let me sit here in this extended basketball D and D game. Like that's <gasps> such, that's so that much was long. fun. Yeah. Yeah. That was but it's fun, you know? And, yeah. and I think the more time for, me like I I mean you know I from a production standpoint from like a financial standpoint you know that's not for me to comment on but like as a viewer and as like someone who enjoys like breathing in scenes the same way as you do like I like spending time with characters and having a moment to process yeah I I think it's great and I I really enjoyed the longer episodes um my only 
my only thing that I've said to you before is that I am a, uh, I, I am definitely on the weekly train when it comes to episodes, especially when they're long. Um, I really like having that extra time to process. Otherwise it does merge into one. Mm. However, it was nice to spend a weekend just watching, but you know, imagine how much conversation would have happened if we were only on like episode three right now, like how much conversation would be generating, how many people would be theorizing, you know, if you watch it all in a day, you get your questions and your answers in a weekend. Whereas, you know, how, how cool is it to have conversations with the fandom and kind of like spread it out over time. But yeah, um, yeah, and all of that to say, you know, happy with the length of episodes, happy with the way it started, happy with all that. Yeah, just yeah, just to go back to your point there, like I definitely noticed, like I picked up more on my second viewing, obviously, as yeah. you always do, because I think when you binge it, you're just like taking in information so quickly and not really thinking about it deeply. And mm. I definitely think like, yeah, like I think I've said to you, like I really like binging if it's there because it's like, for me to lose eight <clears throat> to lose eight hours in a show is yeah. really fun. Yes. But like at the same time, I really appreciated like yeah, when we obviously did our Killing Eve podcast, the episodes were weekly and it does give you more time to really sit with it and think, what did I like and what didn't I like? Um so yeah, I'm really glad that I've we've gone back and obviously we watched those first three. Um but yeah. <clears throat> Should we get into the the episode itself i think so um so episode one uh was the hellfire club and uh i thought this was a pretty strong opening i i one of the first things that i noted when i was rewatching was uh eleven's letter and the amount of times she mentions time travel in in this uh opening you know, we, we're not going to go into it because uh, there's more to come with that. So, and we said that we're not going to be like talking about future episodes, but I just, second time watching, I'm like, this letter is like, you know, the beginning of a novel yeah, where you yeah, basically, yeah. You, you are setting up something that is your ending. Basically, it feels like in this moment, they're like, you know, she says, we're all time travelers when you think about it, you know, like it's one of the first things they say in the whole thing. And you kind of have to take note and be like, what does she mean by that? Yeah. Because that's a very weird thing to just say to, you know, your boyfriend. Um, so yeah, just noting that, but yeah, so we start with high school pretty much after we, we watched that letter happen. How did you find that letter and those, that letter to Mike at the beginning and that intro? How did you, how did yeah. it sit with you? Um, So I really liked that opening because, like, Mm -hmm. I guess that's just one of the easiest ways to, like, center the viewers in the story, like, where it is currently. Obviously, they needed a way to, like, yeah, like, introduce the fact that, yeah, Elle is not having a good time. Like, obviously, Mm -hmm. she's in this new home with Joyce and Will, and they're, like, somewhat of a family, which is really nice, and I really love that. But she's also grieving her dad. She's grieving Hop. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's, yeah, she's making the little diorama thing of yes. their cabin. And then you, yeah, so you see her um, with, uh, also that she's, I think she's writing and he's reading it at the same time. Can't quite remember. Um, but Mike is obviously reading it and you hear it in Elle's voice. Mm-hmm. And so, and that seamlessly goes into Mike and Nancy going to school together. Yeah. And you're introduced back in the, um, the, dynamic of uh mike's family at the same time you see uh, how Elle's going and obviously 
things are not going great for Elle and we see that straight away. We also see yes. like a tiny little, um, you know, side side shot into how Will's going as well. Mm-hmm. Um, side note. So his little painting? Yeah, he's doing a painting and like mm. that. that's something that I said to you and noticed that the, you know, the painting obviously was foreshadowed in the first like five or ten minutes of episode one and then we still haven't seen it. What could it possibly be? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think it was a good opening as well, because as viewers, we've been away from this show for so long. Mm. So for Eleven to kind of be writing a letter and say, this is where we're all at. is a really smart way to just kind of be like first five minutes. This is what's happened in the last yep. year. Yep. Um, this is where we're at. Are you guys caught up? Cool. Let's go. You know? Yep. So it's uh, I thought that was really smart. Um, and I enjoyed it. And it was it was just a nice way to... I mean, obviously, we had that opening. We ha- When you had that opening with Dr. Brenner and, you know, the, what have you done at the beginning? Um, it's like, it's nice to kind of go from that and then straight into something a little bit more gentle, I suppose. Yeah. Because the opening opening is, the, you know, yeah. quite um, quite uh, jarring. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so we go into like high school and you're watching Elle like walk through and she's like, I have heaps of friends. And then they're like, yeah. you know, bullying her. And it is just heartbreaking. And I hate all of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, stop, please. Love of God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, when I was watching that, it just really reminded me of like that futility of being in high school. And like, mm-hmm. you're just so vulnerable. Yes. And you really care about what people think of you. And, like, you know, at the same time, Elle, you know, like, she remarks to Mike later, I think in episode two um, or episode three, she's talking about how she is different from people. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that's true. Like, she's totally not had a normal childhood by any stretch of the imagination. So she's, like, very genuine and she's, like you know she's wearing her heart on her sleeve and she's really like proud of her dad and proud of yeah. the life that they led and he is a hero to her and then just to see those bullies just take her down Ugh. especially that yeah angela that bitch oh my god oh my in god. the classroom i was waiting for that teacher to be like excuse me yeah i know shut up what, She's in the middle what of- was the teacher doing i, I was know. like it, that i was not having that at all i was like this uh, this is my note. I wrote down a note about Angela. This is what it says. Bullying stupid Angela bitch. That is what <laughs> I wrote about Angela, yeah. right? I just couldn't. And like, she has this smirk that she does. And I'm oh, like, girl, yeah. please. I've had it with you. Um, So yeah. And then. Oh, the scene where like, Elle's like, <laughs> like she gets tripped up. Elle gets tripped up. Oh. And Elle is like, Angela. And then she puts her arm out. And then yeah. I was like, oh no. I was like, oh no. Oh no. I, think I, I, yeah, I actually. That was hard th- to watch. Yeah, it was hard to watch, but I really liked that they included that because you like obviously saw how much Elle like identified with having those powers and how, mm-hmm. how she just forgot for a moment that she didn't have them. Um. But yeah, that was really that was really Ugh. sad. Yeah, poor Elle with no yeah. powers at the moment. But, no powers, um, yes. No but powers. yeah, let's uh, we'll, we'll jump over to yeah. Mike is obviously like you know uh, yeah. still in Hawkins, but he's getting ready to go on a holiday to see Elle. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, the Hawkins crew. Um, uh, we kind of catch up with uh, Steve and Robin in the car. Yes. Um, yes, yes, yes. Where, quote of the episode, I like boobies, <laughs> you like boobies. 
Vicky likes boobies. Yeah, yeah. And Robin's just sitting there going, "Don't uh, say boobies." <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I, I love it. Well, we are we are big Robin fans here at House Vecna. Yeah, very big Robin fans we and Steve her. fans. Yes, um, best and... duo ever. Yeah, so it's except lovely to see Rob- them again. except for Steve and Dustin. Oh yes, yeah, Steve and Dustin are great. But, yeah, but, um, yeah, yeah. so they're, they're talking about boobies and they're talking about Vicky and they're talking about yeah. um, what, uh, talking about Steve, you know, struggling to find uh, meaning in his relationships uh, yes. and he wants to find the worm. And uh, meanwhile, Robin is just like, I, I don't know whether Vicky um, is into women, basically. Yeah. And that's where we are with those two. And um, now yeah. this is a thread with, uh, I mean, obviously Steve's thread continues, but my question <laughs> is, because uh, we've seen the whole season, um, what happened to this thread with Robin <laughs> that kind of started and has just, just kind of fell off? Yeah. Um, after episode two, but you know, <clears throat> and I can't imagine that they're gonna. Uh, I mean, maybe pick it up they, again. Yeah, they've got a lot of time that they they mm-hmm. could pick it up, but it's just kind of like, yeah, I don't know where they're going. Maybe it was literally just to like establish establish yeah, that she has this person that she's interested in, yeah. and um, also to establish that Steve is a safe place for her, mm. um, because she does make that comment like. Where she says something like, oh, like if I, you know, if I say the wrong thing to the wrong girl or whatever, I become a social pariah. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, obviously, like, it's obviously still really tough if you're gay in 2022. Mm -hmm. But back then it would have been extremely hard. 86 wouldn't have been been particularly inviting. Um, No. You know, so, so yeah, it does make sense that it's like, you know, uh, if it is just just put there for the kind of like purpose of establishing that, yeah, it kind of does make sense. But I, I imagine... do hope they bring. Yeah, I do hope yeah. they bring it up again. I imagine they will. Um, yeah. But anyway, that all that to say, Robin is the best, and we are uh, her yes. number one fans, and we um, are protective of her. Absolutely. Um, we also see after they arrive, um, uh, Max gets off the bus. And yes. Max is listening to her headphones and quite, um, quite emotionally drawn back, uh, not wanting to talk to mm-hmm. anybody. Kind of, you she know, tell that straight head. away. Um, yeah, and I think, and her, I think... the counselor stops her and says, "I noticed you weren't here yesterday," mm. and she said, "I forgot that it was Thursday." Yeah. So yeah, she she is deep in at the moment. Yeah, kind of how I forgot it was Sunday. Um, so. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but she, but it's true. Um, and grief will do that. You know, you lose track of everything. And and you know, I have I have heard like just to kind of go on a bit of a side note here, that like you know, whether it's just on Twitter or whatever, I have seen some people being like, oh, why why is she grieving Billy? He was horrible. Blah blah. blah. And I'm like, grief is complicated. And mm. you know, if someone is abusive, and but you have like a very complicated relationship with them. There is still grief that is there and those feelings are complex and they are difficult. And it makes a lot of sense that um, Max is in this place. You yeah. know, it makes a lot of sense that Max is is struggling and and can't figure out her thoughts about how she's feeling, you know. Yeah. And, you know, also to throw on top of that, Max is also living in a trailer park and she's also, yeah. you know, has an alcoholic mother and, and yeah. um, you know, uh, uh, 
Billy's dad is now gone and mm. you know like there's just there's a lot of 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 got a lot of things going on with Max at once where she doesn't have that support at home and it's difficult when you don't have that support at home to trust that other people are there for you so it makes I just think her story made a lot of sense to make Definitely. her feel isolated yep. to distance herself yeah. um and so, I yeah. think as well like it's nuanced isn't it like yeah. it's yeah like Obviously, Max also witnessed Billy die in like a horrific, like yeah, she saw it in front of us, and that's why obviously we'll go into episode four, such an important episode for Max. Um, Mm. when we when we do that episode, we'll talk strictly about that episode and Max's story and stuff. Mm -hmm. But you know, yeah, she's like it's she's, I mean, she's grieving someone who who she lost, who was important to her, regardless of like who. He turned out to be as a person. He was a big brother. Mm-hmm. He also, like, he saved her in the yeah. end. And then, yeah, like, her, now her mother's distant and and changed. And, yeah, they've left their home and they're in a trailer park and everything's different for Max now. Yeah. And so, yeah, that can make complete sense to me that she has retreated and she's obviously depressed and mm. um, grieving. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, and yeah. so... We find that, like, Max is, when she's walking through the hallway, you know, like, Lucas is trying to talk to her. Lucas is, you know, um, currently uh, with the basketball team. Mm. And he's made some, you know, kind of, like, a few strides towards figuring out who he is as a person, which I appreciated as well. I thought that was very, um, very well done because, of course, he would be, you know. Um, Dustin and Mike might be quite happy to kind of you know, live in their, their little nerdy world. But it makes sense that if Lucas has interests outside of just nerd things or just yeah. wanting to, you know, if he wants to play sport, he wants to play basketball, he wants to, you know, kind of not feel like a total nerd all the time. It makes a lot of sense for high school and a lot of sense to want to fit in and discover who he is. So yeah. I really did like Lucas with that as well. And also Lucas trying to reach out to Max and, Lu- and Max just not wanting to talk, you know. Yeah. So it just establishes the kind of dynamic at the moment where, all of them are kind of on their own page at the moment. Elle yeah. is kind of on her own page. Will's on his own page. Uh, Mike is on his own page. Dustin, all of them are kind of just in their own, you know, yeah. as teenagers are, you know, they're still together. They still have each other's back, but they're also very um, separated yeah. in their goals and their, yeah. you know, their dreams. And, and I think that's really realistic. And yeah. I had to laugh though with Dustin at the beginning with uh, with Susie and <laughs> oh yeah, you I know, really like Susie. I will repent later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know that little look up to her little Jesus statue. Yeah. It was great. Loved She's it. like, oh yeah, I'm gonna make up to make up for it later, but I'm gonna do the bad thing now. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, and yeah, her little and... note on her his D minus in Latin. Yes. Oh, Dusty Dustin. Fun. Yeah, Dustin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Dustin and uh, and Mike are part of the D and D Hellfire Club. They are, yes. And I love Eddie. He's great. Oh, he is fantastic. Eddie, it's so funny because like when I first saw Eddie, like I feel like he is one of those characters that like in high school you never really liked that much because if mm-hmm. you didn't know him, yeah, he's like this big personality and he's a bit weird and like you know he's sort of on the fringe and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Yeah, the character is excellent. And yeah, within the first, I think, I don't know, couple of minutes of him being on screen, they, he just won me over. Um, oh, great character. Fantastic. And I love that they, very, very smart to introduce the uh, D&D satanic panic. That was very yes. true in the 80s. And yeah. 
um, have him like mocking it and reading Newsweek yeah. and all of that. Um, and not to mention also... it's a small town. Like it, it's, it can make complete sense that people would be scared of that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but he also says this really excellent um, line where he said, forced conforming is what's killing the kids. That's the real monster. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's so true of high school. You know, this like idea of forced conforming and people not being able to spread their wings like a pretty butterfly, like you yeah. are, Eddie. Um, yes. So, yeah. But yeah. Um, aside from Eddie, we also introduce Chrissy. Yes. Oh, uh, Chrissy. Yeah. Poor Rest Chrissy. in peace. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't laugh. That was awful. Oh, my gosh. I I have to say, though, when I first watched this series, like, I mean, watched these episodes, I did not think they would be killing characters off in the first episode. Oh, yeah. And they really, like, they got me good with Chrissy because I really liked her. I was like, you know, at first you're like, oh, she's like typical cheerleader and then you see like she's really really struggling and she's mm-hmm. i mean obviously played really well as well um and then yeah uh, and then yeah. The, then she was no more at the end of the yeah. episode <laughs> i'm sorry it's just the way you say it. you're like oh rest in peace um <laughs> no, yeah i was so sad though anyway yeah so chrissy really good new character as well yeah excellent um i i really i felt for her a lot you know obviously she's the girlfriend of the um yes okay i've forgotten his name what's his name jason which is such a jason name like such a jason Jason. i'm jason Jason. like Um, i've got blonde hair and i'm a dark whatever (laughs) (laughs) um yeah, so she's she's uh, Jason's girlfriend, head cheerle- cheerleader. Yep. But yeah, we see she, she is the first insight that we get into Vecna, um, kind of because yeah. she's she's in the bathroom. Or she, you see her walking out of the counselor's office when Max yeah. is walking in there, and then when she goes to the bathroom and Max walks in later, yeah. um, she is uh, in the vomiting? bathroom vomiting, and then you hear. Uh, Vecna kind of, you know, you hear her mother come in that's kind yes. of like Vecna's disguise. Which I think, um, Christy is bulimic, right? That's that's what we're meant to get out of that. Like, her mum was making a costume for her, and I remember her mum saying... Calling her like, a fat pig. Yeah, yeah, like, something like that. Making her clothes bigger for her, so, something, yeah. Something there. I don't think it was ever, like, truly specified, but that's kind no. of what I picked up to. But, yeah. but ultimately she has an abusive mother um and is dealing with ptsd and um and then we see yes the scene changes first she is seeing her mother and then she's back in the toilet but you just see the squelchy feet (laughs) appear under the door (laughs) the squelchy feet of becca they use the word Wet squelch yeah. so many times on those either. damn subtitles. I'm yeah, like, yeah. wet squelch is not the word that I like to see. But anyway. Yes. Um, but yes. I have a question. And yeah. I, I already sent this to you. Okay. <clears throat> Sorry to deviate, but it's just a <clears throat> it's something that I have about uh, uh, TV. Why do people always sit on the floor oh, in the bathroom? I, yeah. I thought that too. I was like, oh my gosh. Did you it is so unhygienic. Even in Miss Marvel, even in Miss Marvel, she puts her her helmet that she's going to put on her head on the bathroom floor. And I'm like, what is with these TV series? It's not realistic. I don't know a single person that would happily, or maybe some people, but I think it's realistic for some people. Yeah. Certainly not me. I would no. never put anything on a bathroom floor that is public. But... There is pee, pee. Other people's pee. Ugh. Period. All types of things. Oh, on there. I know. In a public bathroom, definitely. But we have to remember, like, 
it's the 80s and they, were, they probably did know less about infectious disease <laughs> than they do now hopefully i don't know uh yeah i had to suspend oh. well i don't know teenagers are gross like i definitely i'm like a lot cleaner than i was as a teenager yeah like, oh no now. that's true that's true but i i still don't think as a 15 year old i still don't think i would have ever sat on a bathroom floor and yeah put my yeah. hands inside a public toilet like i know it works for the scene but i remember even like when steve and robin had their moment in yeah the they and i was like too. oh i could not stop thinking about the fact that they were on the germy bathroom floor i'm sorry Look, I, I think like our our view is probably being colored slightly by the fact that we're in a global pandemic like <laughs> we're, we're like slightly a bit on that vein at the moment but um yeah i agree that was really gross and mm. but you know what if you if you gotta vomit like Sometimes that's the only place you can do it. So. It's true. It's true. Yes. It's anyway, true. so yeah. Christine All right. Anyway, moving on from time. that rant. Thank you. Oh for wait, wait. wait. So can hygiene. we just talk about briefly how? <laughs> yes. So what did you think like when that started happening and we're introduced to that kind of character of Beckner uh, slightly in that scene with Chrissy? It's obviously different from any type of monster we've seen before in Stranger Things. We've really only seen like the Demogorgon and mm-hmm. the Mind Flayer, and now we're seeing like. Yeah, like a humanoid type thing. What did you think of that sort of yeah. horror and introduction? Yeah, so I actually wrote an article um, before this dropped. So I had some ideas based on like research and like interviews that I had read about with the Duffer Brothers about what Vecna was supposed to be and like what kind of villain they were going for. And there was a lot that they kept secret. But I got the impression by what they were saying because they were talking about Max's isolation and trauma and all of that. I had a feeling that Vecna was going to be tied up with like people's trauma or like, you know, that's the impression that I got. So when I first saw that, I was like, this is really interesting because um, obviously, especially high school is a good time to do it because a lot of, uh, there's a a very impressionable years as well. And um, when traumatic things happen to to teenagers, obviously trauma at any age is awful, but when traumatic things happen to children or teenagers or whatever, it is a very harrowing, scary experience. And I think that Vecna using that Mm. against teenagers is uh, a very, very cool and interesting. I found it, I find it more emotionally resonant. I find Vecna more emotionally interesting and resonant than any other villain that's come yeah, before. Yeah, true. Yeah. So when he's targeting people like Chrissy um, and Fred and Max, it's it's people who are have been under like immense levels of 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 uh, trauma, childhood trauma, PTSD, grief, whatever, um, to the point where like they're just not coping at all. Um, so I'd find that really heartbreaking. But mm-hmm. also really interesting, and I definitely. think that it's a it's a very it's a good, very interesting take. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, especially because like it is like if you like take out the monster, it really is like a frank discussion on mental health and grief and trauma and PTSD, and really mm-hmm. like laying it out plainly, like how people are just so isolated and alone, and they don't have anyone they can turn to, and like that is when when you feel like when you're in that dark place and you feel so alone, like that is when it's really hard to break out of that. Yeah. And, and it almost is like that monster inside you, which stops you from, I mean, you just can't, you can't get out of that. You're in that. I mean, this is um, kind of separate, but did you ever see the TV show made on Netflix? 
There's this really great um, little sequence where they depict the um, depression that the main character has. Um, she's being abused, so it's, it's like sort of the same frame of thought, but uh, slightly different circumstances. But they depict her depression as her like going into a couch and being sucked down all the way to the bottom. She kind of like folds mm. into the couch because she's like so much of um, this character's depression is just being on the couch basically. Yeah. And they depict that depression as her going to a really dark place, like a physical dark place where she's sucked yeah. into the back of the, um, to the back of the couch. And I just remember that just being such a like, yeah, like a good depiction of what depression can be that just, mm. you're just in that dark place and you just can't get yourself out of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and that is that sort of thing here with Vecna. So we're going to jump over to Argyle real quick to, to yeah. change of, you know, yeah. uh, I love Argyle, great character. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, I guess we're knowledge. talking about the new characters. So we talked about Eddie and Chrissy, and now we're talking about Argyle. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, and I guess that sort of leads into like Jonathan's story as well, Jonathan's yes. arc, which. Yes. Um, I have to say, I haven't really been that impressed with in the first three episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, Argyle I, is a great character. I really like Argyle straight away. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Eddie. I mean, I love Eddie. I would, I would do a lot of things for Eddie. I don't really <laughs> love Argyle to that same level. Yeah, but he's he's also like a really good character. But like, it is sort of like kind of reinforcing the fact that Jonathan's going through a tough time, and obviously mm-hmm. he's a bit of a stoner now. Um, which is also true to like the eighties and being a teenager. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and that yeah, type palm of thing. tree delight, uh, palm tree delight. Yes, yeah. and you know, and, like, and, and eleven calling them smelly trees. <laughs> yeah, smelly trees. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, something that we. That's another good thing that Elle's letter at the start. She introduces all of that. Um, mm. You know, same with Joyce, like, working from home. She's got a great job working from home and, like, she's just, like, a telemarketer that people are like, leave me alone. Selling Encyclopedia Britannica. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. But, yeah, so Argyle was a really cool character. He obviously has a van, Surfer Boy Pizza. Yes. Uh, that van has become iconic through season four. Um, yes, indeed. And that was really cool because the character of – same with Eddie, like, same with Chrissy. Like, they really do create these – new characters who are like fully formed and like Mm -hmm. you know all these little things do make you love them in the short time that we have with them yeah and I think also um you know good to have for him to bounce off with when it comes to Jonathan and his you know problems with Nancy at the moment and if we jump into you know Nancy and Jonathan um interesting I I can't say I'm particularly this is probably the one part story where I'm just a little bit like not really sure how I feel about it um you know, they really are laying on the whole Steve and Nancy thing. I don't really know if I'd, like, truly believe it. Like, I'm I'm kind of just like, okay, cool. Like, you know, um, I have a theory uh, that they're doing that because Steve's going to die yeah. <laughs> at the end. Um, because I just don't get why. Like, okay, cool. So Steve and Nancy are just endgame and that's it. Like, is there a reason why this is important? And look, I do not want Steve to die. It's really crystal fucking clear. I do not want Steve to die. I will I will die inside if Steve yeah, dies. Yeah, I know. But, but when I see the direction that they're kind of taking, yeah. I, I wonder if, if that's why they're making this big hoopla about it because... Yeah. Um, it is weird. It is weird. They've kind of like... Because obviously, like, throughout the last... Um, three seasons like Nancy and Jonathan have like really come together quite organically and Mm. obviously like as they've grown up their relationship has changed 
that is normal. Like Mm -hmm. that, yeah, like, you know, you make all these plans when you're still in high school and then someone moves away and then all of a sudden, like everything else is up in the air again. Yeah. Um, So that does make sense to me. But I'm still not really quite sure why they've done it. Um, yeah, like, I think, like, Jonathan obviously has a lot of, like, you know, like, not to get all into, like, toxic masculinity and the patriarchy mm. and all of that, but men really struggle to talk about their feelings in general, yeah. even today. Mm-hmm. And that would have been, I'm guessing, ten times worse back then, maybe mm-hmm. even, like, yeah. You know, I can't imagine that Jonathan has anywhere that he can turn to because he can't really turn to Joyce because she's so focused on Will and making sure Will is okay all the time. Like, really, the only place for Jonathan is with his family, like, taking care of them because of everything they've been through. Mm. And so, yeah, I I do think they sort of lent into that a little bit where Jonathan's like, yeah, like, he's really struggling with that and he doesn't feel like he can go away to college with Nancy to this prestigious college because he needs mm. to stay at the community college so he can look after his family. Yeah. Um, and I really hope they come back to that and yeah, delve yeah. into that more because the well, character ma- of Jonathan, like, he had dreams and ambitions and stuff and that's kind of all gone. I think it makes sense, though, because mm. once once his brother got captured and taken to the Upside Down and, like, you yeah. know... I, I think that your dreams for yourself very quickly go to the back burner, you know? Yeah, so true, it makes true. a lot of sense. And I think also with Joyce, you know, you see the effect that it all has on Joyce as well. Cause you know, I, I think with Joyce and Murray in, in, you know, these, these arcs that we're having here, I really I do love, love Murray, Murray. Can I yeah, say like yeah. some people are like, I hate Murray. I'm like, no. I love him. Love him. I yeah. like someone bottle him and I will like, put him on my toast no, I don't know. that doesn't make sense <laughs> but he's no. like he's so quotable and he's just so funny i think he's a great character yeah he's great and i think like his and joyce's dynamic works well um you know i i, I think having yeah. joyce i look there's one part of me where i'm like i don't know if i really believe that joyce would have been that um, disconnected from her kids this season mm. because she's so obsessed with making sure Will's okay and yeah, everyone's okay. Yeah. It could be it, a false sense of security, though. Yeah, it does also make me feel weird that she just let Elle go to private, sc- uh, sorry, um, public school and just like you know, a, a lot of those things are just strange choices. But I feel like they've done that because they needed to just get Joyce and the adults out of the picture. Yeah. Um, so that's why the whole rush plot and whatever was going on. And look, I and they think... needed to bring, they really needed to bring Hot back into it somehow. Yeah. And so, yeah, I can see how they've kind of got that and they like now have to sort of work backwards to make that happen. That's fine. I yeah. feel like, yeah, in the Russia stuff, like as we've talked about, you do have to suspend like a little bit of disbelief because mm-hmm. like, I just, I just can't see that happen. No, basically the, all of the Russia stuff, I just can't see it happening. I do think they're like, I do believe that Hop might survive, like, some Russian torture. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I just – there's just some stuff that I was just, like, uh mm. I, I was I was invested on the first watch, but then when I went to rewatch it, I was a bit, like – like, that – I mean, this is sort of going into episode two, but, like, when he's pulling that – he gets that ch- – uh, he's trying to loosen the chains around his mm. feet so that he can slip the chain off. And so he gets some, like – Russian numpty to like whack him yeah and then like in the the final scene you see like hit this huge gouge on his foot 
and he's like he's like you can see the physical pain as he's like trying to take these chains off his off his feet i don't know i just didn't i just it was a really like effective scene and i was like whoa like this is really hard to watch in Mm. fact that was one of the only scenes that i had to like look away from Mm. but then yeah in the next episode he's like kind of running on his feet and i'm just kind of like what yeah (laughs) like yeah i think like i was like uh not sure yeah it it was it was definitely definitely did feel like that oh but yeah they're laying the groundwork to bring all the characters back together. So. Yeah, and if it brings... I've, I mean, I've always said this about penultimate episodes as well. If it brings a strong season five, then I'm cool yes. with it, right? Oh, I'm cool. well, I'm, I, yeah. I mean, I do yeah. feel like this volume has been really strong. I think Absolutely. it's just... Everything Absolutely. has to have a weak point, and that's... Yeah, I think the weak point is the rush plot. That's, yeah. That, but, but it's not horrendously weak. No. Like, you know, but it is probably the if in comparison to everything else, it's the least interesting. I mean, if you compare it to literally all of season four of Killing Eve, oh, very yeah. strong. It's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch a whole rush plot like that instead of uh, Killing Eve season four. Okay, um, can I just say, sorry to people yes. who never listen to our Killing Eve podcast, like, we, like, obviously... We have like some problems with season four, but on the whole, we still generally like the show season one to three. Um, and we just, yeah, most fans of Killing Eve don't like season four, so yeah, we're not alone in this. What we're talking I, I about, I would, here. I would even uh, uh, challenge most and say all. I had, yeah, I would say I'd probably person. say all, except for uh, like anyway, the very kidding. odd random one or two person or the executive well. producers of Killing yes. Eve, anyway. Um, yeah, so. Like, so we're coming to the end of the episode now um, and you're having that big ending with like, you know, um, uh, the the D&D games going on and obviously they had to find a replacement and then you've got the big basketball game happening and there's that tension between Lucas and Dustin and Mike because Dustin and Mike are like, we need a replacement, blah, blah, blah. We can't not go to our final, it's the final, you know, uh, 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 challenge in the campaign. You know, the Sinclair kids... Uh, yes. I mean, this whole section was excellent, but the Sinclair yes. Clids got it done uh, yes. with Erica getting her natural 20 and her critical hit against yes. Vecna. And then you've got uh, uh, Lucas getting his uh, uh, f- buzzing beating shot. And I'm like, good job, Sinclairs. Thank that you. That was really well cool. Well done. Yeah. Um, and it was really nice how like both the Sinclair kids had the final throw and yeah. like they both like essentially you won that was really cool yes yes. can we just go back a tiny bit though Mm -hmm. i just wanted to specifically just note erica's entrance oh fantastic amazing like how they had and then you sort of go back so they're playing the national anthem at the game Mm -hmm. and the first funny thing is that we have tammy thompson oh yeah sing sing the national anthem and there's that moment between steve and um robin here muppet and then that's when Robin has her first conversation. Well, the first conversation that we see mm-hmm. with Vicky. Yeah. Uh, and seems like there could be a little something there. And then, yeah, so Tammy comes on, just sings horrendously. Uh, <laughs> but still actually started all right. And then... Um, bit pitchy, bit pitchy. <laughs> bit pitchy, bit pitchy. And then, yeah, the game starts. And then, oh, sorry, as the national anthem finishes... Um, you can see it goes into like an electric guitar rendition mm-hmm. and then you just see Mike Dustin and Erica and Erica's wearing the flag the American flag and it just reminded me of that quote she said in season three where she was like you can't spell America, America without Erica, Erica. <laughs> and exactly. I was like yes yes 
and yeah, so I thought that was really cool. And she is Lady Applejack. Yeah, I, Lady Applejack. And, and when he tries to be like, what are you, level one dwarf? She's like, no. Yeah. And she comes out with all of her she stats. She schools him. She And I'm like, yes. And he loved it, which is great. I loved it. Because we all love Erica. Yeah. The only yeah. thing I didn't believe is that she's only 11, but. I, you have to take some liberties with the with the age here. Oh, look, some people it's are fun. 11 year old geniuses, you know, and I True. choose to believe that Erica is one of those. Yes. All right. Oh, well, she is, yeah. Yeah, so the, and then the game and then the D&D game. The game blah, blah. ends, and then we get to the scene at the end uh, with Chrissy <gasps> going to uh, Eddie's uh, yes. uh, place and uh, picking up some drugs. And she wants some drugs, I presume, to forget or not to see what she's seeing to wait off the stress obviously yeah. and try to like she feels like she's losing her mind so yeah, she's wanting she's wanting to get some drugs from from eddie he goes on a search and while he's going on a search she is caught in her final uh vision uh with vecna which is fucking terrifying can yes. i say yes and he's chasing her around her her childhood home um, with her parents, you know, her mum looks like a zombie. Her dad has his eyes and mouth sewn shut. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Vecna and she's trapped essentially. Yes, yeah. and and then obviously you see like on Eddie's perspective, like oh. that's the first time we see like someone's actually in a trance. Like he's trying to wake her up. He's freaking out. Like he's like, I don't like this. Wake up! Wake up! Wake up! He's I shaking don't like her. This. I yeah, don't yeah. Like this, Chrissy. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and yeah, I thought that was really cool, like um, how they showed that, and just like a really cool, like um, I was talking to my mom about this because I was mm-hmm. like, oh, like you know, as someone who was like alive in the eighties, I wanted to know what she thought about it, and she was just like, she's like, yeah, like there was a lot of that, like um, that panic and that, like you know, even though he's like part of D and D. Mm-hmm. And he, like, sort of jokes about the whole thing. He's really scared in that moment, as anyone would be. And he plays it magnificently. Yeah, for sure. And, like, yeah, with the, the you know, him, it is, like, kind of, I really do like they've set that up because, like, you know, being uh, someone who is a fan of D&D and, and, you know, watched quite a bit of Critical Role and, and whatnot, I became very, very aware of the satanic panic that, that yeah. happened during that time. And and even today, some people still uh, consider it this, like, you know, fucking weird ritual, fantasy is going to bleed into reality bullshit. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, so so it makes a lot of sense that they kind of set that up because it set up Eddie's story really well to be, like, kind of chased down and, and treated that way. Um, very culturally on the nose like very mm. like you know so i thought that was really great but yeah, yeah so vicky's in her trance she starts rising up in the oh thing. Chrissy, levitating. Chrissy. did i what yeah. did i say you said vicky oh fuck i mean Chrissy. they're very similar names so that's fair yeah chrissy yeah chrissy's like her eyeballs are going crazy <laughs> <laughs> she smacks against the ceiling <gasps> and i then... was like when i watched this <laughs> i was physically like oh my god what is going on I was scared. I was. It really. The imagery was really gruesome. Yeah, the bones I was are gone. Not expecting it. Snappity snap, 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 snap. Snappity and snap, snap, snap. In yep. different directions, yep. like her jaw. Oh my gosh. Oh, I hate the jaw. The jaw. The jaw is the gross. Oh yeah. well, the exploding eyes is pretty bad as well. I find that bad, but for some reason the jaw messes me up more, and I don't know why. I think it's just like it's the really idea of someone's mouth being open and then like. 
Oh, it's just gross. I know. It's very and like then picky. obviously, like you're cutting back and forth between what Vecner is doing to her, mm-hmm. and what does he say? He's like, "I want you to join me, Chrissy, or I want to save you, or something." Your like that. your your pain has come to an end, or something. Or yeah, your, your, you yeah, know. Yeah. So this this idea of like you know your time is is yeah. up. You're here now. You know all yeah, of that. Yeah, this yeah. is probably some weird fucked up like perspective yeah. that he has. Yeah. But yeah, so she dies gruesomely, and I'm yeah. screaming. Uh, I'm screaming. And you're screaming. We're all screaming, and yes. uh, that's the end of the Hellfire Club. And effective episode, good opening, a good way to end it, I think. Uh, yeah, so great way to end it. Lots of, yeah. lots of, uh, lots of. Ah! But it was very, very good. Um, yeah, and like I, I really liked it because like it, you obviously know it's from the upside down because like you see like all the lights flickering and like. Mm-hmm you know we see like the monster and stuff like that but it is different so it is that sense of like oh my gosh what is actually going on here Mm -hmm. but it's not so different that like because sometimes when i watch stuff like i don't i don't watch series like critically analyzing them but if something takes me out of the world then you can't help but critically analyze something if you're just like oh that was weird why did it take why did it take me out of that and i have to think about it for a second but yeah. yeah, no point of any of this am I taken out of the world. Like I was completely engrossed, basically. Yes, absolutely. From from in this in this aspect, I thought it was really cool. Yes, yes. Um, and All actually, right. I watched that last night, and I was scared. Yes, Alyssa, oh, <laughs> because you have the you because you have the gateway on the on the ceiling. Yeah, I know. I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like side eye. Look at my gateway on the ceiling. Like, no, <laughs> I'm gonna be taken away. TikTok, um, TikTok, bitch. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so that's the end of the episode. And oh, but then we also, but first we do obviously see Max here screaming, mm-hmm. and she mm-hmm. turns around, and her lights are flickering. Obviously, they're in the same trailer park, so that makes sense. Yeah. And Max is straight away. She's like, "I've got the Wiggins. Something's going on here." Yes. What is it? And she sees the police cars show up in episode two called Vecna's Curse is my segue. Yes. Episode two, Vecna's Curse. So mm-hmm. um, Mike arrives uh, at, at the uh, airport yes. and Will is there with his painting and Mike ignores him, basically. freaking Will. Like, oh. oh, excuse me. How oh. rude. How rude. I like, you are best it. friends with this guy. Oh, would you ever do that to me? No. I would never do that I to would've. you. I would bring you flowers, though. I would, I would, I would have painted that for you and I would have been like look at what I've done yes, this and I is would yours like, oh, I'm going to go to Spotlight and I would frame expect- and I'm going to put it up on my wall yes I would expect nothing less this whole yes. thing of like Mike showing up and like not even giving him a hug I was like I know Boof. and even like yes we know that that Will is not probably maybe maybe has a crush on Mike well we know that Will is probably getting in, in he is he is well, considering the woman, the girl tried to do footsies in the first episode, and he was just like, "No, he was not interested in that." No, no, no. Yeah, so let's say Will is gay, and that's that's part of his storyline. I will say this, okay? I will say this. What were you even saying? so? Clapping, even clapping, so, clapping. Even so, right? <laughs> you cannot. It doesn't matter, a crush or not, okay? If you are someone's best friend, you take that painting, damn it! You give him a hug. That's all I have to say. Oh, Mike, I know. You are on my shit list. Just. Poor Will, okay? He went And also, like, I mean, we'll get into Angela. Bloody oh, Angela. Fucking Angela. I hate Angela. Um, oh. But, but like, oh, Mike, I just, 
have a conversation with your girlfriend, man. Like, don't be all surprised when she whacks someone in the face when you haven't had the chance to ask her how she actually is. Okay. Okay. I have things to... I think that's episode three where he makes a comment and I'm just like, fuck no. But anyway. Okay. Well, we will get to that. We'll talk about episodes. We'll we'll get to that. But Robin, okay, is in family video and she's talking to Steve about how her brain moves faster than her mouth or her yes. mouth moves faster than her brain when she talks to Vicky and she does it with everybody and she clearly, uh, we come to realise, yeah, that it happens with nearly everyone. Robin is a fast talker and she talks about a lot of things very she talks quickly. faster and... than her brain can keep up. Yes, and we love or it. her mouth can keep up. We love up. her. We do. we do. Robin, you get a round of applause just for being you. So Mike is on the shit list, uh, but Robin is on the like glorious top five list (laughs) she is she is right there she gets a a gold star next to her name gold star robin we love her um oh my gosh she looks exactly like uma thurman like her mother obviously they are twins love yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. great voice um yeah, yeah so so dustin rocks up uh, after he finds out from Max that, uh, you know, Eddie's on the... Well, they're chasing down Eddie because they believe that Eddie's the one who killed Chrissy. And she... Hey, Dustin jumps into family video and he is setting up base of operations! And uh, Steve yes. is very upset about uh, Dustin jumping over the counter and smacking his tapes on the ground. And Robin is asking why they couldn't show up on a Monday instead. But they are there and they are there to try to find Eddie and uh, help him, which yes. I agree with which is great yes definitely yes and steve has a great line where he's just like i believe in all that constitutional shit innocent yeah. until proven guilty <laughs> i thought that was really funny yeah steve yeah steve is i excellent. remember francis just on a side note i remember one time you bought me a, a shirt about steve harrington yes and it's steve on the cover of a babysitter's club book and i love <laughs> that it was still true this episode <laughs> oh he is forever our favorite babysitter and, oh my gosh. Yeah. He's probably my favourite character. Oh, I don't yeah. know. No, that's that's a high oh, honour. I don't know. Wait, who else would be there? Isn't it just Steve? I, I would have thought Steve. it was yours with Steve. Who else? Steve is probably my favourite character. Yeah. I really like Robin as well. I like I also like Dustin and I also yeah. like Max and I really yeah. like Will and I just yeah. I like all of them basically. I think I think mine is like mine are Will, Robin and Steve. I think yeah. they're mine. Solid, and solid. Dustin Dustin's like a like there as well yep. i would say maybe like dustin you know i would say steve robin not in any particular order steve robin will dustin are probably my faves yeah um, and yep. there's everyone else yeah but yeah and mike um, is sub-zero yes <laughs> i'm willing for him to improve but he really needs to. i he think he will to, improve yeah. he needs to improve he always does he usually comes to the party late and yeah oh, Mike. anyway yes Little so uh, yes they're in family video and like so they're they're getting um everyone's getting on board on uh what max has seen mm-hmm. and um first and then steve's like why don't we talk to the police and everyone's like <laughs> what <laughs> why would we do that they're useless <laughs> i know oh my god and then also like he gets all you know funny about uh when uh, Dustin has a new best friend uh, yes, and yes. says, oh, Eddie, your new best friend, you think is cooler than me because he plays your nerdy game. And it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you are so jealous. Um, <laughs> Actually, his, um, Dustin's comment uh, in episode one to, to Steve where he's talking on the payphone, he's like, you're just jealous that I've got another older male friend when he's talking about Eddie. I was like, oh, that's a great Exactly. Quote. Yes. And it's true. He was. Yes. Um, 
Yeah, so I think, like, on this second episode, it's really funny. Oh, not really funny, but it just it just happened. I yeah. I am ashamed to admit that I fast-forwarded the rush plot on my second watch. Mm. Um, I watched I didn't, it. I didn't want to. It's not that it's so terrible that I had to, but it was more so a thing of, like, I feel like the Russia plot isn't really that rewatchable. I feel like the rest of the season is very rewatchable. The Russia plot, I feel like once it's actually had its conclusion, I know what's going on. I severely lose interest. So um, I think the Russia plot is interesting when, like, when eventually Joyce gets here, there, and they have yeah. that re- reunion. But yeah. in everything in the meantime, I'm just like, oh, I just don't really believe that there would be this Russian guard that, like, really wants to take, you know, really wants to take care. Or, like, I know he wants to get paid. He wants for $40,000 or anything. But, like, I just don't really believe there would be a guard that would, to do that for an American, like especially like with yeah. the Cold War and all that stuff going on around the same time. Like. I will say it was nice to see Jakun Hagar there. Oh uh, yes, actually, yeah, I, yeah, I appreciated yeah. his him being there. It was just yeah. nice. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The man with no, the faceless man from Train of Phones. Yes, and yeah, so yeah, so that this sort of episode is more to do with Hopper, Hopper's journey. It goes into it a bit more and how he's coping. Obviously, he's. Not having a good time. That's the understatement of the century where, like, yeah, he's being tortured and he's yes. he's obviously sent to another prison and he's now um, uh, hammering rail things. What are they yeah, called? Uh, railways. Rails, ra- <laughs> making railways, free labour, whatever, prison slave yeah. labour. So, yeah, so we find Eddie in the bathhouse. Ha- bathhouse. Boathouse. <laughs> we find Eddie Wait, in the boathouse. My brain is going places. Um, we find Eddie in the boathouse and yes. um, Steve, because <laughs> they, they, they discover, okay, let me start again. They discover a family video that he is at Rick the Reefer's house somewhere. Yes. So they drive down there. Dustin's banging on the door being like, Rick, really loud. <laughs> it's just not working. Um, then they realize the boathouse. They go to the boathouse they open it up. Yep. Steve is smacking the tarp with an oar, and then kaboom! Yep. Out comes Eddie, and that's where we're at yep. with uh, Eddie. And can I just say that was like one of the the sequences that made me really appreciate the long episodes time because that was like quite a long scene where like Steve is yeah. bashing the the oar against the boat, and you're like, you can pretty much deduce that Eddie is hiding mm-hmm. in there. But it like goes on for quite a while, and I really enjoyed that, like the whole dynamic of the gang being together. Same. That yeah, was... It was really good. And then obviously, yeah, Eddie jumps out. Eddie's like scared shitless, which is fair enough. He knows that everyone thinks mm-hmm. he's probably killed Chrissy. Um, and then yeah, immediately, I don't know what he he like pushes Steve up against the mm-hmm. wall when he has like a knife or like a he has like a cracked bottle with the glass. Yeah, yeah. A cracked bottle. And Steve's freaking out. Steve's sweating. Yeah. And Dustin's, Dustin's like, like, Eddie! I'm your friend. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, really. And then, then yeah, Dustin's like, you did, this is Robin, you, you know, from Ben. And then Robin <laughs> doesn't <laughs> Oh, we love her. We love Robin. Yeah. That house effect there. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah, so basically we then cut over while all that's going on. You know, Eddie finds out about the whole situation uh, they kind of explain the upside down to him. I really love how, like, 
Uh, Eddie's like, you won't believe, like, Dustin's like, tell him, I just want to know what happened. And, and Eddie's like, you won't believe me. And Dustin, and Max is like, try yeah, us. honestly. <laughs> wait, wait, yeah. wait. <laughs> yeah, I mean, have any aware shit. of what we have been through? Like, do you have any <laughs> yeah, idea? Yeah. Eddie? Um, and, and, and Dustin is very, like, calming and, like, he's like, now what I'm about to tell you <laughs> may be hard to believe. Or whatever, he says take. something like that. Yeah. Yeah, hard to take. He's like, sometimes, you know, there's this world, it bleeds into ours. I really do like, I really do like that they uh, said that because uh, that this idea of fantasy bleeding into reality is the very thing that they use uh, for D&D uh, to kind of like, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah. A, like, I, I just like that they use things that can be understood by um mm. the time and the culture like you know and and and, and yeah. you have like multiple references to the same things very cool um yeah so let's jump on over to the uh skating rink where um mm. angela gets fucking smacked in the face for her crimes finally after, after you know fucking her spinning around 11 and throwing her drink on her how dare oh. how dare and the the wipeout song oh I cried. Yeah, everyone's being I cried, everyone. I cried. I cried Aww. real tears when this happened. I had enough. I was like, yeah. I need to jump in the screen and save her. I can't just sit here this anymore. This is the hero of the show. Eleven is the hero. And she God. is. They're treating her like she's a zero, but she's not. She is. No, she's a hundred. She's a hundred. No, she's eleven. Oh my god! Yes. Yes, uh, it's so true. And uh, oh my gosh, I just like, I mean, I like, I, I was never like bullied or anything to that level, but like I definitely had like sometimes when I was teased mm-hmm. a little bit in school. Yeah. <gasps> and it's really like, it's so like, it's so, I don't know what the word is. Like it's gut-wrenching, that's yeah. what I'm trying to say. It's the worst feeling in the fucking world yeah. when someone like embarrasses you, like especially in front of Mike who... Obviously, she's created this elaborate ruse about her life and how everything's going swimmingly. Yes. It's not It's not going swimmingly. No, it's not. It's definitely not going and swimmingly. And Angela, when Angela finds out that, yeah, Elle has told Mike that Angela is her friend, Angela's like, that is fuel to a bully. That's oh. fuel to the fire. And she just used it. And she, that was horrible. That was really. I'm Also. Yeah. Oh, sorry. You go, you go. I was going to say, I'm just so happy she got smacked in the face. Like, I was like, yeah. Whoa! I was like, I, I didn't. I was like, any, yeah. if anyone wants to act like this is like, ooh, how dare. I'm like, no, she has been absolutely traumatizing this girl. She deserves Smack that. Her Smack in the her fucking face. face. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, and I, yeah, I mean, they had to, I think they had to do the whole, like, you know, having the police there and yeah. dramatic for the dramatic effect. And, like, it was annoying how, like, both Will and Mike were like, what happened? Like, what did you do? Oh, oh my God. No, like, no, up, no. Uh, I'm just going to jump forward real quick to episode three. When Mike says at the fucking dinner table, she did, she didn't look fine when they're talking. I was, I was ready. I was ready. Okay. I don't know what I was ready to do, but I was ready. I was ready. (laughs) You were going to get your, like your roller skates and smack Will. Yeah. Uh, Smack Mike. No, not Will. Will. Definitely Mike. Uh, But I was like, how dare, how dare, like how dare. I know. She didn't look fine. You know who wasn't fine? Eleven. Eleven, I wasn't fine at school. She was being made fun yeah. of. That's who wasn't fine. And also, like, God. Mike essentially witnessed the whole thing. Like, I don't know why he would make that oh, comment. It's it like such just, a dumb he's comment. He's just being a shit again, honestly. They, I, I, ugh. Mike, I want to like you. 
I want to like you, okay? But I can't just give those cards out for free, okay? You have to do something to make you me like You have to earn you. it. Got to earn yeah. it. Bloody hell. Yeah. Bloody, and so bloody can we, hell. Yeah. So, yeah, just talking about that scene, the, the ice rink scene, mm. um, I'm sure that, well, we did talk about a little bit how on the video camera you can clearly see March 22nd as the date. Mm-hmm. And everyone freaked out because everyone was like, that's actually Will's birthday. Oh. And everyone was like, oh, is this part of the story? Like, it's Will's birthday. And then in an interview, the Duffer Bros obviously said, well, first thing they apologised, which I've not seen in showrunners before. That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Another reference. (laughs) Another reference to our last show. (laughs) (laughs) Lauren Hill. Don't look up that name. You just save yourself. (laughs) Save yourself. If you haven't seen Seeds before of Killing You, just, yeah. As you can see, we're so traumatized. Um, Anyway, go on. Yeah, yeah, anyway, but the showrunner, obviously, the Duffer Bros creators, so they did um, apologize and they're going to try and fix it. I think they said said that Joyce, in season three, when Joyce says March 22nd, Mm -hmm. it can. It looks like she said she could have said May twenty second. So they're actually going to go back and change. Okay. My uh, Will's birthday. Why am I getting Michael Will confused? Oh, it's annoying. It's just there's similar one sil- syllable names, and I'm just my brain mm-hmm. is like, nah. Yes. Yes. It's like so when anyway. Eve was on a microwave and not a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not a micro 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 motorcycle micro. Anyway. Anyway. My brain is um, like, meh, meh, meh. Yeah, so, yeah, we're just going to power through uh, anyway, the ending yeah, so of this episode. Anyway, yeah, so skip over that. But so, I was just, I wanted to remark that I, I was happy that they owned up to it and yes. they apologised to the fans. Yes, good. They got that wrong. So, and to be fair, there's a, sorry, there's a lot of details that it's, I can accept that they were forgotten a couple of things along the way. Yes. Okay, so, so, uh, Fred gets captured by Vecna and Fred dies in this very similar way. He has his trauma and yada, yada, yada. Yes. So Fred obviously dies, but that this is also the first time we get introduced to Victor Krill. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got to talk about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Because the, as, um yeah, so Net, Nancy and Fred, like, obviously swindle their way into the trailer park. Obviously, they know that a student has died because it's been all over the news. And then, yeah, so they managed to get into the trailer park and Nancy's, like, nosily going around trying to talk to people mm-hmm. as, a, as a budding journalist would do. And Fred is sort of left to his own devices as Nancy is talking to uh, Eddie's uncle. Mm-hmm. And Eddie's uncle is like, no one believes him. Like, you think he's a freak, but he didn't do this. Not in his nature, blah, blah, blah. He doesn't say it like that. Obviously. Well, he doesn't. He's got that... Have you ever heard about Victor? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Victor Krill. Victor Krill. Oh, Victor Krill. Yeah. And, and Nancy's ears prick up. Yes. She's like, who is Victor Krill? And so as as the uncle is talking about Victor Krill, that's when we see uh, Fred going off into the forest and he's seeing the clock and he's hearing the chimes. The chimes. Yeah. <laughs> he's going... And then he's seeing, so we find out, yeah, we obviously, earlier than, earlier, we find out that Fred has been in a car crash and we don't know what happened. It's not really important He killed, for us to know. we know that he killed someone. He left. Um, so. I, yeah, he walked away from the crime, yeah. basically. So. It seems like he had an accident. He walked away. Yeah, so he, he, well, yeah, that's, 
yeah, we don't we don't know we actually don't know like the details of anybody really apart from Max, but but um yeah, yeah they're all We just know that it's like a trauma. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's a trauma. So when yeah. they're standing in the uh in the forest and there's a bunch of like I would assume victims or people I didn't she knows. Get people, that. I think it's people. There was a lot of people. I think it's people at the funeral. So it must have been he went oh, to a funeral. Yeah. There were people at the funeral that and they were sense. pointing yeah. at him and being like, murderer, murderer. Right. And, he's... and then, like, the little girl's hand <laughs> turns into, like, Beckner's. It's very creepy. Yeah, but their voices are really like, murderer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and when scary. you're watching this at, like, 11 p.m. at night, that that is also yes, quite scary. It is. And he goes, run, 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 run. And he sees the clock. He goes, run, 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 run. And he sees the clock. And, <laughs> running through the forest. <laughs> yes. And Vecna is obviously there and ready to kill him. Uh, so. And then oh, Fred falls into like a uh, grave. Yes. A dug grave. And yes. And then he. So obviously like the difference between. Oh, well. We can't really talk about episode four because that's happening in the next. I think we'll get more into Beckner when we get to episode four as well. Okay, so yeah, that's that fine. Good. Yeah, so obviously Fred can't escape because mm-hmm. he's trapped in this little um in this little spot, and then Beckner comes along, you know, squelchy, 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 <laughs> wet squelch, <laughs> my favorite term, <laughs> squelch. <laughs> and then yes, Fred is no more. He is dead. Moment of silence. He is dead. Um, he is uh, distended. Yeah, so so we kind of end that episode with Nancy having knowledge about Victor Creel and ready to jump yes. on that as a uh, as a note. And yep. um, yeah, Fred is dead, and um, Fred is dead. Uh, Eddie and they're all yeah. So everyone's kind of like aware of what's yeah. going on. The the jocks are on yeah. the run. Lucas has joined them to kind of find Eddie. So that's where we get to the end of episode two, and then yeah. we get into episode three, yep. the monster. And the superhero. Yes. And Elle is going off to become a superhero yes, again. Yes, she is. By the end of the episode. By the end of the episode. But we start yeah. with uh, them arriving. Who arrives? Oh, after the the, the garbage that has happened at the uh, at the ice skating. Sorry, not mm. the, the roller skate rink. The kids come home and... Well, my liter- my opening comment is literally, Angela opens up being a little bitch. Oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> She was crying. The police were there. She's like, I, I think my name is Angela. Oh. I'm in the skating rink. Boo fucking who, okay? <laughs> like, honestly, Angela, please. You need to learn how to treat people nicely. Um, Be nice. To yeah, her. so then they go to... Well, they Argyle picks them up. Um, and yep. they go to the house, uh, the buyer's house, and obviously Joyce and Murray are there cooking. <laughs> Murray's cooking, yes. and they yep. sit down, the trying to figure out how to tell their kids that they're going to Alaska. Well, her kids, yep. how she's going to Alaska, and Jonathan is high, Argyle is high, um, and uh, Elle is upset, and Mike is sitting there, and Will is just being Will, and obviously has no storyline. So I'm like, when the fuck is that gonna happen? <laughs> um, and yeah, so this is when this is when uh, Joyce says that they are going to Alaska because that's where they're based, the Britannicas, Joan and Brian Britannica. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And everyone's like, "What? You're going to Alaska? Yes, what?" Yes. So she's gonna go talk to the Britannicas. Um, yeah. And uh, then yeah, uh, they're talking about what happened at the skating rink and. Um, yeah. And Mike makes such and he's stupid like, comments. Yeah, she didn't look fun. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Stop. Ugh. Just stop. Gosh, honestly, 15-year-old boys are so painful. Oh, so painful. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, so Mike, uh, so it definitely just feels like, you know, they had to get the parents away. You know, that's basically all I kept thinking about. It's like they have to get the parents away because whatever's happening next, the parents can't be here. Because obviously when there's like things that are coming in future episodes, it makes more sense mm-hmm. for the parents not to be here. Yeah, but what did you think, though, of them not saying anything to the kids? Like, the kids have obviously... Do you think it was more like Joyce trying to protect the kids? I think that if Joyce said to the kids that Hopper may be alive, Eleven would oh, be like... Oh, yeah, you can't, you know, you can't you, let Eleven you know. can't. True, good point. So yeah, she yeah. knew she had to protect them by, by doing this herself. Made sense to yeah. me. I would do that yeah. if I had kids. I think I don't... I, I would... You yeah, know, you wouldn't bring them in. Well, I mean, I wouldn't, them. like, you know, do what they did, but I'm just saying, like, I, yeah. I wouldn't tell um, I wouldn't tell Eleven yet. Because... You mean you wouldn't take $40,000 out of a bank yeah. account and give it to a random Russian? Yeah, I, I don't think I would. Um, <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean, look, it makes I've sense. never been in that I, I mean, situation. You... <laughs> no, no, which, to be fair... We never would have. We had never would be in that situation. Yeah. So so Elle leaves the dinner table after Mike's stupid fucking comment in a in a in a huff, which yeah. is fair enough because yeah, that was not cool. And his whole thing of like, because even Mike asked, "What have you done?" and it reminded her of Brenner being like, "What have you done?" and you know, it's just, yeah. It's all and so that that's a good touch point. Like Elle's obviously having these flashbacks at yeah. the same time. Of this weird memory that she's just unlocked, where she was obviously very young, she must have been like five in that. She looks really yeah. little, like that. Like the actor five or six, her. yeah, five or six, yeah. Um, so yeah, she's obviously remembering something that happened in Hawkins. That's obviously the first scene of uh, episode one, where Doctor Brenner. Um, that's our sort of introduction back into Stranger Things. Um. And yeah, it's this sort of thing where Elle is covered in blood and like Dr. Renner rushes in, a lot of people have died and he's like, what did you do? And obviously we don't have the context to what has happened. Mm. But Elle is like, obviously, you know, she's equating the two, what, the memory and what's just happened with Angela is her being a monster and she's having this existential, yeah. doesn't have her powers. Like, I thought that was really cool as well. So like the Duffer Bros are really good at is combine like linking these things to an overall thing yes. for the characters yeah um yeah so i thought that was cool yeah yeah for sure i think i think it was really effective um having her kind of sitting in that middle space you know and kind yeah. of confused about who she is and and yeah you know so much of the seasons about identity for a lot of the younger yes. kids growing up and you know, not as much for like the, you know, Steve's and the Robins, but like definitely for the kids. It makes a lot of sense that at, you know, 14, they'd be thinking about who am I? Um, or 15, 16. But um, I was a bit scared that they would make Lucas like fully be peer pressured into this whole yeah. thing. But he never strays from his friends. Yeah. He's always like one step ahead. No, I've got to warn them. I've got to I warn think, them. yeah, I think I, I'm, I'm glad they did that because that's what made the most sense to me as well. I can't imagine that yeah. after that many years of friends and going through that much together, going through what happened in the Upside Down and to wheel together that you would betray your friends so quickly. So it made a lot of sense yeah. to me that he always still does that, have their back. When you go through that type of thing with people, I don't think it's so easily, you know, maybe if they had never no. gone through the Upside Down, maybe we could have, you know – seen yeah, him definitely. but i think with all that emotional a lot of shared experience yeah, yeah yeah it made a lot of sense to me um yeah yeah so they're on the run trying to find eddie and meanwhile robin and nancy have uh yeah. have gone off scooted off to the uh library to the library uh, to find out about and, and and there's that there's also that great scene where nancy is about to go like she wants to um on a hunch she wants to find out about victor Creel. yeah 
And then Steve tries to jump in and be the hero. And this is where, going back to our conversation earlier mm-hmm. when you were saying, yeah, how Steve and Nancy, like, what are they doing here? Mm-hmm. Like, Steve's obviously still in turf, which I do believe. Yes. Um, and, yes, and then Steve tries to be the hero and then everyone's like, but who's going to drive the car? <laughs> and Robin's like, well, I don't drive. And then Max is like, I can drive. And Steve's like, no. <laughs> and then Dustin's like, makes a face at him. And then um, Steve's like, no, no, no. No. And then, yeah. And then Robin ends up going with Nancy. And that's where we get this cool new duo, Robin and Nancy. Yeah. So they, yeah. So they get to the library. They end up looking through like a different uh, news, uh, you know, to kind of like find, I can't remember the name of the news uh, that they were looking at the newspaper, but they covered things like UFOs and Bigfoot. So that is how they found out about Victor Creel. Um, so Nancy and Robin have that information in their pocket and ready to go to the school. The kids are at the school breaking into the counsellor's office because Max has done the sneaky install in the office keys. And yes, this is arguably the most important scene of the episode, which leads directly into episode four, which is obviously they're in the counsellor's office and looking at Fred and Chrissy's files, and then we start to see some similarities between Max's yes. story. Like headaches. Headache, and, nightmares. Uh, nightmares. Trauma. And, and all of that, yeah. So it's a really cool – I so I think ultimately, obviously, um, uh, like I, I think at the by the time you get to the end of episode three, you feel like they've kind of established this um, really nice setup yep. for everything. Mm-hmm. And – when you get to the end of episode three, you're like, okay, we've got Victor Creel in place. We've got uh, the idea that there's a lot of people that are experiencing the same thing. And then you've also got um, Joyce and Murray on their way to Russia. You know, us covering one to three made a lot of sense because it's like the intro, basically. And where we go to from here is the real, like, um, the, 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 the meat. The, the meat of the of season. Yeah. Yes, the meat of lasagna. Um, this, this right here is like the base, like kind of like the pasta. Yeah, like yeah, the pasta yeah. The, the sauce. And then that's the when you get the, the meat and the sauce and the meats yeah. and everything and the carrots and the zucchini. Yeah. And it's all coming together. And then, yes. Yes. Um, And like, I really liked it. Like, because that reveal, like, obviously, I think you, I read it. I think, no, I think you had told me that this was going to be, um, you know, it was going to be more of a focus on Max this season. And so I was quite curious as to how that would um, come into play. Obviously, like, I really liked it how, like, you know, all the stuff that they were showing in episodes one, two, three is, like, her being, um, her coping with her grief and, you know, like she, you know, that completely makes sense to me. Yeah, you have headaches, you're not getting enough sleep, you're like having terrible memories and completely not, um, not, not 100% present in your current world because you're dealing with so much on the inside. Mm-hmm. And so I was really like sh- sh- shocked slash amazed that they then um, connected the three characters together and all of a sudden the stakes are really fucking high. Yeah, because you realize, yeah. oh shit! Like Max is next, Max is and next. how are we going to yeah. get her out of this? So I thought that was really cool. 
Yeah, and and I do. I I've really as much as like it sucked to see Chrissy die in the first episode. That end scene set the tone because I was like, yeah. I don't want that happening to Max. Like the stakes I, yeah, are high. Yeah, because you yeah. By the time you hear episode three and she sees that clock right at the end and you hear Vecna's voice, you're like, oh shit, you know, because you don't know. Like here's the deal: a, a lot of people yabber on about plot armor, right? But I got to be real. I was like. I didn't know for sure, you know, and obviously we're going to talk about this in our next pod where we just cover episode four, but I did not know at this point, I was like, Max could be in trouble. Like really, really, she could just, like they may do the thing where she just dies, you know, so ultimately really good episode one to three. We will be covering episode four uh, in the next part, uh, which is Dear Billy, and um, it deserves its own episode. So that is why we are doing it. Yes. But any final thoughts about episode one to three, Alyssa, before we say Um, ta-ta? I don't have any other final thoughts. Um, uh, It's just so nice to be back in the world. Yes. Like, I I did rewatch the first three seasons before Mm -hmm. this because I legitimately could not remember a single thing, basically. (laughs) Wow, I could remember some stuff, but... It was three years ago. It was 2019. Yeah. And so I I can't quite believe it's been that long. But, like, I really feel like the quality is there. Like, you can tell the love they have for the characters and the story. And, you know, I know they've got, you know, millions of dollars of a budget. But it just – it really shows, like, an – 30 million um, per episode. Yeah. Legit. That's nuts. Yeah. But it's like – it's – everything is perfect there's not a single thing out of place like you know even the nostalgia like as we start to get to the end of the 80s and towards the 90s like mm. you feel i'm feeling that nostalgia from my childhood as well yeah. like a lot of you know like the video store and stuff mm-hmm. like i remember growing up going to blockbuster of course yeah um and yeah it's just such a special little show um yeah the, the all the characters were great um uh, the one thing I was going to mention was um, Eleven's arrest scene. Oh, yeah. When she's obviously arrested and um, for what, for, you know, fucking oh, God. <laughs> skate in the face. Honestly. Why is she arrested? She's like 14 or 15. I'm like, you can't do that. Yeah, it's, it, yeah it's all about the And I was like, it is the 80s. They're all like, oh, physical violence. And it's like, look, I'm not, I'm not, sa- I'm not condoning physical violence here, okay? But I just got to say, if you have been absolutely bullied to shit and someone is laughing at your you what you think is your dead father and making you yeah. and and humiliating you and pushing you on the ground and throwing things on you you're gonna probably want to defend yourself okay and the yeah fact- and also like yeah like grow some humility like don't do Swear. that to people yeah but yeah so and then yeah so obviously like l um is arrested and then intercepted by the hawkins lab yes. peeps yes and dr sam owens who i have to say i have a bit of a soft spot for yes um oh yeah we didn't mention that he came back but he we came didn't back. mention yes. yeah he has oh yeah and that's um that's the sort of towards the end of the episode where he, he has that is, conversation with l has yeah. a conversation with l and says we might have a way to get your power's back, mm. you just need to come with me, basically, and we'll get them back, sort of thing. Which, I don't know, did you like that? Did you found, find that was effective? Because I was a bit like, when I was watching that, probably like the last five minutes of episode three, mm. I was a bit like, 
you know how Dr. Owens was like, oh, yeah, like, I may have a way for you to get your powers back. Like, there's a program that yeah. can, like, he was saying all this government we've been, stuff. We've been preparing and he's going through the, the yeah. roof and getting all this stuff out. Yeah, look, I mean, I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm, I'm neutral. I'm really neutral about the L storyline. Um, I'm, I know it has to happen. It's not my favorite thing to watch, but I know it has to happen. And I think it's, yeah, it is important to recognize that a lot of this is just building up to like an epic episode seven. Episode seven, yeah. And so, and you need yeah. this stuff to do that. It is tricky because it's not a complete season so exactly, far. Exactly, yeah. But I, I have a lot of, from these seven episodes, I have a lot of faith. Yeah, in I have two. confidence in, in what yeah. they've done and um, mm-hmm. very happy with it. Very happy yes. with it. Um, yes, But yeah, too. anyway, so we will be back. Uh, to talk about episode four soon. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, any parting words, Alyssa? Yeah, if you were from our last podcast and you came along with us for the ride for this one, thank you so much. Um, and if you are not, and if you found us just by chance, well, then I hope you enjoy uh, listening to our take and a very Australian, sweary, chaotic <laughs> podcast. Yeah, sorry for the random screaming and clapping. It definitely does yes. happen. It, do, it uh, hasn't so happened as much in this in this um, podcast no. than it did in the last one, but yeah. No, no. But, uh, the last one, you know, it was warranted. It was warranted. Yeah, not as much, but there are some things. Where we will. Like, we will. The claps uh, will come out. The shouting will come out. The claps will yeah. come out for sure. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, House of Ekna, we will be back. House of Ekna, we will be creating a Gmail the Gmail oh, yes. will be called houseofvecna at gmail.com. <laughs> that, is house, that is houseofvecna at gmail.com. And thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thanks for your time. Enjoy Bye. episode. <laughs>